And I don't know if you've ever heard that noise when you're right next to a man that woke me up. Boom. It's just startled me. I wasn't expecting it. And then there's times, this is embarrassing, but I was sitting on the organ last night and I hit a key and I forgot I had turned the, vault, the pedal all the way forward. And when I hit it, it startled me because I didn't expect it to be that loud. And you know what? There's some things that we want God to interrupt and to startle us. Move in the house. We weren't expecting it to happen like this this Sunday morning. But then there's other times that we startle ourselves. That I'm normally not somebody that lifts my hands like that. I'm normally not somebody that worships like that. But there was something that just, I was hungry for God. Is anybody hungry for God this morning? Come on, somebody, why don't you do that right now? Reach up towards heaven. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. There's a, a simple song that I love to sing. Falling in love with Jesus. How many know that? Falling in love. That's what we want to do this morning. Let me just, God, re-again. The Bible talks about it saying you left your first love. God, let me fall in love with you again.
and verse 26. It is an honor to be here today, and it's always an, you know, I've been associate pastor this year for five years, and, you know, you learn um, that that the, 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 the reach of how many people you trust to be there when you're not there is a little slimmer, uh, and it's an honor to pastor trusted us enough to come here and stand in his place. We take it as no light thing, and we pray that God's protection be with them. Let me tell you, I hope it's cleared out a storm down there in Florida, but, you know, uh, <clears throat> I told one buddy, I said, man, don't bring your three-piece suit. You better bring a chainsaw and some, it may be a mission trip down there, <laughs> not a general conference, but uh, we pray for God's protection on them, and God would bless them. And how many love your pastor? Amen, amen. Now, hopefully he'll be back next service. So if you think, man, that guy just was awful, good news, I won't be here next Sunday. So bear with us. But if you have the scripture, go ahead and say word. Amen. Now, I know it's on the screen and only about five of you said words, so. Y'all all right this morning? Y'all awake this morning? Amen. I will give you a new heart, reading the New King James Version, and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will give you a new heart. Someone say a new heart. And put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. God, we ask you today that you would bless the ministering of this word. We thank you for your spirit. We're thankful, God, that we have access to your presence, that we're able to come in here. I thank you for those that have gathered this Sunday morning to worship you in your house today. God, we ask this, that you would bless our time together. Let this be a life-changing service for somebody. Let this be, God, an impactful service in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The church said amen. You may be seated. This house is a little special to me in uh, the sense that I didn't meet my wife here. Um, that's actually where we met was in this at this church and then we ended up meeting again here a second time and then uh, we got married here so you know it's just a little special to me but amen she is such a blessing and I know you guys love her and she is phenomenal in the music and I got roped into drums today and I tell you I am rusty and uh, but uh, Glad you guys bear with me. I don't know if y'all y'all have heard me preach a few times. I am just, um, I'm different. That's all I can say is I'm just different. I don't, I'm not your, probably your normal preacher, but I don't want to be your normal preacher. That sounds boring to me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> if y'all don't appreciate dad jokes or things like that, then maybe I'm not your preacher. <laughs> But I hear Austin likes dad jokes, so 
maybe y'all are right at home, you know, anyways. But I want to preach a little bit today. I, I don't mean to be long by any means, but I do want to preach on this, the unconditioned heart. And I, I feel that, that God, I always try to get the mind of God. I never, I'm not here to preach some fancy message because I probably couldn't if I tried. I'm not here to impress you. I have no reason to impress you. I mean, that doesn't matter. But what does matter is that the word of God goes forth. That, that the word that we need to hear, we hear it. That's very important. And often I think our, our connection gets lost. There's something to be said about fasting. How many, when you fast, you find it easier to hear from God? You begin to fast and things kind of start becoming clear. God is speaking, but the issue is that sometimes the connection gets a little foggy. It gets a little unclear because of, of life, distractions, um, not having a clear conscience, different things, and it begins to block. That's why I think it's important that we live right that we walk right, because when we come in, God can speak through our mind and through our conscience. And when we are not in a sober mind, when we're using uh, things that distort our, our mind, we're not living in a sober mind. But also, if you're living under depression and defeat, it doesn't give you a sober mind. And when you don't have that sober mind, it's harder to hear from God, because my, my, my connection is blurred and it's not clear, but I, it is important that I hear from God. It's important that you hear from God. It's important that we hear from the Lord because we need his direction. We don't walk by sight, and since I'm not walking by sight, I need a director. I need somebody to lead and guide me. And, and you know, when people are flying, they, they are using instruments, and, and they're using towers, and they're using people who are giving them the instruction of how to fly and navigate through the clouds and through the storm. But as you, many of you have noticed that when you do fly and you, uh, you, it may be a cloudy day, which thank God that it's a beautiful sunny day today, but a lot of times in Michigan it is just overcast and cloudy. And the, the clouds can wear on you. The clouds, a gray day after, I don't know about you, maybe y'all are some true Michiganders, but by the time it hits February, I am so over winter. I'm done. I want some sun. Give me a trip to Florida. Do something. I'm over the gray, overcast, cloudy days. It's just every day's the same, dirty snow, cold. You're probably going to be sick, and it's gray, cl cloudy skies. And after, a certain, after you get through Christmas and New Year's, and oh, yeah, that flew by, wonderful time. Then you get to the February, and you're like, I'm over it. When are we going to warm up? When's spring break? When is it going to get warm? When, because I'm over the gray cloudiness and the, just the dreariness. It makes you want to go to bed. I'm going somewhere today, don't worry. It makes you want to go to bed. It makes you want to just lay in bed and just go to sleep and... Uh, unattached from everybody and just say, you know what a good day is today? Some hot tea and sit at home and do absolutely nada. That's what it makes you want to do. The, the opposite is true. When the sun is shining and it's beautiful out and the weather's nice, do you say, let me go shut all the blinds in my house 
get a hot cup. No, you say, let's go do something. Let's go to the beach. Let's go downtown. Let's go get food. Let's just go out. Where are you going? I don't know. Out. Because it's sunny outside. It makes you want to live. It makes you want to do things. And I believe that when, when in our life that there can be things that gray and a cloud overhangs us. But just like flying, that when you get above the clouds, you see that the sun has ceased, never ceased to shine. That the sun is still bright. And you look down at all the clouds, but you're living in sunshine. And this is the truth, is, 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 is we can let things cloud our vision. We can let things be a block and a hindrance. The fact is, is God has never ceased to be in control. God has never ceased to be all-powerful. God has never ceased to stop pouring out His Spirit. In fact, whosoever will, let them come and drink of the water of life freely. That the, the, that the sun is still shining. The anointing is still there. The healings are still happening. The power of God is still real. The Holy Ghost is being still poured out. People's lives are still being changed. People are still being baptized in the name of Jesus. People are still getting breakthroughs this Sunday morning. People are still being changed. God has not changed. God's power is yet to cease. He is, not, he is still reigning and ruling. He's not sitting up there thinking, well, we're out of anointing, we're out of power, we're out of strength, we're out of, we're out of goodness, we're out of mercy, we're out of grace, we're out of joy, we're out of... A... No, all of those things still exist. So what happens? There can become a block and a hindrance that keeps us from those things. There's been times that you're praying for somebody to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and they seem to not get it. And sometimes you just got to be faithful and consistent and keep seeking. But other times there are things that are blocking somebody from receiving the Spirit. And it may be an unforgiven thing or something that somebody hasn't let go of in their past that, that it's hindering them from stepping into the glory of the presence of God and the Spirit of God being poured out in their life. There is a block or a hindrance that keeps them from that. But all they have to do is say, God, forgive me. I let that go. I cleanse it. I let go of control of this. And when they do that, all of a sudden now, they may break through and get the Spirit. What I'm trying to tell us today is there can be hindrances and blockage that we can think, oh, I'm just living through a dark time and I'm living through trials and God's not moving and it's not what it used to be. No, no, no. There are some things that we have just allowed darkness and clouds to be our disconnect between us and God. Was it Daniel who prayed? And he prayed. And the Bible says, he said, as soon as you prayed, I answered. But the answer was delayed because there was a spiritual fight between getting the answer from heaven to here. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Somebody say on earth. As it is in heaven. Why do we pray that prayer? It's because there is God's perfect will in heaven. But there is an enemy, the adversary we have here on earth. And so the will is God is saying that you pray that my perfect will in heaven would not be hindered here on earth, but it would be established. 
So God, I don't want you to have a perfect will for me up there and me not to live in that will down here. I don't want you to want me to walk in victory and joy and full of the Holy Ghost and me to be walking in defeat and brokenness and hurt down here. But God, let thy kingdom come and let thy will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. God, as you have established it in heaven, let it be so on earth. Whatever hindrance there is, whatever devil there is, and I know we don't like to talk about the devil, but the devil is real. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, the Bible says, but against principalities and darkness. We wrestle against, what do you mean we wrestle? If we're not wrestling against it, we're asleep. Praise God. We're asleep to it, but we are wrestling against the spiritual things that try to attack us, lulling us to sleep. There are some spirits that just like to lull you to sleep and tell you it's okay. Every I believe, I don't, you don't have to believe it if you don't want to, but I believe there's certain spirits that attack certain cities. Where we are in Kalamazoo, there's some things and spirits that we always, it seems to always be reoccurring in the city, in our church, in our life. There is a spirit of fear. There's a spirit of frustration, distraction, and destruction that work in Kalamazoo. That no matter how much somebody tries to get ahead, the devil always wants to take you back down. There are spirits at work, and we have to be aware. We are not ignorant of the devil's devices. We're not ignorant of the devil's ways. We're not ignorant that he is going around seeking whom he may devour and trying to destroy us. But we are wise to it, and we know that if God is before me, who? Who can be against me? God is greater than the devil. God is greater than, your, than, than any spirit of any, uh, uh, that, that's trying to destroy you, try to distract you, because that's the assignment of the enemy. He's coming to kill, to steal, and destroy. But God is greater than your adversary, the devil. He's greater than he is. So you know, I don't have to walk in defeat. I don't have to walk in that. I may walk in it for a season while I'm praying that it be established. But the will of God is me to walk in victory. The will of God is for me to walk on being an overcomer and that God's spirit is flowing. It ought to be flowing in your life. It ought to be flowing in this church. It ought to be flowing in the altars of saying, God, let thy will be established. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring up the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. Psalms 51 and 10 says, Create in me a clean heart. You can go on down to Hebrews 12 and 15. It says, talks about a root of bitterness. What are all those connected? Keep your heart, because out of it flow the issues of life. But also it goes on to say, uh, in the Psalms, it says, create in me a clean heart. Purify my heart. Create in me a clean heart. Restore my mind. Renew my mind. Make me new. There's an importance of guarding your heart. Don't let anybody speak into your life. We often just let anybody and everybody just speak into our life, whether it's negativity, whatever it is, we just, we just believe them. We ought to be slower to believe the, 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 the lies and believe, and we believe so easily our own thoughts. I'm right and I know I'm right. Well, sometimes we're not right. 
<laughs> Sometimes we need God. We need people. We need direction. We need God's help. We can't walk up in pride and just believe that we've got it all figured out and we've got God figured out. How arrogant would it be to stand up today and say, bless God, I've got God figured out. You may have the church routine figured out, but you sure enough don't have God figured out. <laughs> and a God that we serve is so powerful and his ways are beyond our ways and thoughts beyond our thoughts that no telling what can happen in God's presence. How many want God's presence to be in here? We want God's presence to be in here because in his presence there's fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Create in me a clean heart. And then it goes on to talk about, he talks about don't let a root of bitterness get in your heart. Get in your mind. Get in you. Because you know what's going to happen? It's going to cause you trouble and it's going to defile those who you're around. You know what's interesting about a root? How many ever do some landscaping? I know you do. Only about two of you. Praise God. I, don't know. I guess they hire you, you two for the whole church. <laughs> but they, you know, they, they, if you got some bushes or something, and you just kind of take a sawzall and you kind of cut it just right there and you cover it up, you know, before you know it, there's, there's still some life there. It's underground. Nobody sees it, but there's still some life there. And you can try to, I try to cut back a bush, and before you know it, the next year it's got little branches showing back up on the bush. Because I didn't kill it at the root of it. And in our life, if we have things that, that we think we put to bed and put to rest, let somebody get you mad enough. Ain't, ain't nobody in this church this morning. <laughs> it gets you mad enough that all of a sudden you thought, I had that under control. I had that anger problem under control. I had that frustration problem under control. I thought I had my tongue under control. Until that crazy person driving in front of me didn't know how to drive. Lord, you know that they didn't know how to drive. And since they didn't know how to drive, Lord, it's not my fault. I'm kidding. But the truth is, is that there are things that we think we have under control, but really we just cut it down to a surface and try to cover it up. That's what Adam and Eve did. They sinned, they fell short, and then they just try to cover themselves up with fig leaves and just try to make themselves appropriate enough. But the problem is, is that root keeps coming back and it springs forth at a time you didn't expect it. When I needed to be have it all together, that root of anger, that hurt, that disappointment, that frustration with God or with people or with man, all of a sudden it springs forth and all of a sudden a side of you that people haven't seen before springs back up. And it what defiles those who are around you. So there is a, an effect and there is an effect. It is, you know, worship is contagious. It's hard to not worship while the person next to you is really worshiping God. It's hard to not go to the altar when everybody else went to the altar. You feel like the lone wolf. I'm just, well, I'll go a couple more rows up. And it, but when others start, there's something about it. And when even in your family, when you start talking about the things of God, it's contagious. 
It's going to catch on. They used to sing a song, I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire. Anybody old enough to remember that song? Catch on fire, burning with the Holy Ghost. People probably thought who are new in the church, what in the world are they singing about? We wish somebody's soul would catch on. They're probably like, dear Lord, what church did I walk into? But the truth is that we need it. We need some fire in us. We need some passion in us. We need that drive in us. We shouldn't let the, the cloud of unbelief. The Bible says if you're going to come to him, you must come in, in a way, believing that he is. We, we believe that. But that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. For in the Bible also says, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. There's something to be said about when I seek God and I hunger after him and I push towards him. The day you seek me with your whole heart, with all of your heart, with every part of you, and you get such a passion that you're willing to tear a roof off. Most saints aren't willing to open a door. Don't kill me after service. But the truth is, is that's how we get. We get so comfortable. We just get so complacent. And, and you look at the man in the Bible. They showed up and they didn't say, well, the house is full. I'll catch Jesus on the flip side. They said, tear the roof off. Get the roof off the building so we can get the man to Jesus. That's hunger. And he didn't say, well, I'm sorry you tore the roof off. You got to pay the roof bill and I, I can't help you. But he healed the man. I said he healed the man. That in that hunger and compassion and, 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 and Jesus moves, move with compassion in the man who is hungry and his friends that got contagious enough to say, we're going to help you. This isn't even for my breakthrough. Man, I feel like preaching this morning. This isn't even for my breakthrough. This is for somebody else's breakthrough. That I'm going to tear roofs off and I'm not going to worry about lunch and I'm not going to worry about my plans and I'm not going to worry about what they said about me. Right now at this altar is life-changing moments. This is a moment for me to lay hands on them and pray for my brother and pray for my sister and encourage them in the Lord. You're my brother, you're my sister. So I'm going to take you by the hand together. Together, we're in this thing together. We're in this thing together. That's what's beautiful about a church. A church is you're not on an island by yourself. You may be on a pew by yourself this morning, but you're not on an island by yourself. You came with some people that are praying for you, some people that believe on you. They may not have shook your hand this morning, but don't think they don't care about you. Don't think that they aren't concerned about your soul. Hallelujah. So out of a root can cause all types of people to be defiled. But oh, what would happen if somebody's soul got on fire? What would happen if some passion got on hold of somebody and they started worshiping and started praying and got on fire and started teaching Bible studies and started seeking and starting, starting going into their school and teaching Bible studies and somebody got on and hungry and passionate for God that you don't think that wouldn't get contagious to the next person and the next person to say, I want to do something too for the Lord. I want to do something too for the Lord. So create in me a clean heart. I, out of my heart can flow all types of issues of life. 
out of, out of root of bitterness can spring up, defile many. All these things can be become like hard ground. And would you take me to uh, Matthew, uh, we're going to go to Matthew 13, verses 3 through 9. Somebody say amen. He talks about, behold, a sower went out and to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places. Somebody say stony. Stony places where they did not have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns and The thorns sprang up and choked them, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. In the last verse it says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Why would he say, most people you run into today, look at your neighbor, do they have ears? I don't think he was talking necessarily about natural ears. He's talking about those that have, can hear and actually listen, and they're listening and their heart is open. To those that have ears, let them hear. Let them hear. God's word was coming forth, but the question is, is the ground that it's falling good ground? The question is, is the ground or my heart pliable? Do I have a conditioned heart for a breakthrough? Do I have a conditioned heart for revival in my soul? Or am I conditioned and unconditioned and hard? And my, my heart is of stone, unpliable, unmovable, unshakable. Nothing moves me. Nothing alarms me. Nothing gets my attention. But I don't want to be that type of person. I don't want to be somebody that God's got to beat up with a hammer just to speak to me, you know. Just come on, I'm trying to talk to you. God's not a God that's beating you up with a hammer, but I'm just, you know what I mean. I want God to be able to talk to me. I want God to be able to speak. And, and, and when God speaks to a congregation, I don't want to just, just take it lightly, but I want to be sensitive to it. I want to receive what the Lord has to say because in His Word is life. In that seed, in that ground. And what can be the problem is the soil in my heart is not pliable to receive it. Walking around with less than God's best because I'm walking with a cloud over me thinking that God ceased to move. That God didn't show up on Sunday morning. That God didn't move on Wednesday night. And God didn't move when I got down on my knees to pray. And God doesn't care about me. And God's not operating. And God's not moving. No, some things are just a cloud that we've created that's a barrier between us. And above the cloud, the sun is shining. And above the cloud, the glory of God is still there. How many want the glory of the Lord to fall? I want the power of God to fall. I want the Spirit of God to fall. 
There's nothing that can hinder me. You can have an issue. I'm about through preaching. I don't want to preach all day. But you can have an issue of blood, and you can let that be your your, your mile marker that puts it there. So that's where I gave up, and that's where God abandoned me, and that's where there was no hope for me. Or you can be like the woman with the issue of blood that pushed through the crowd and crawls through the crowd, and people probably kicking her and loud noises, but she was determined that if I could get to Jesus, I'll be made whole. If I could get to Jesus, I'll be made free. If I could get to Jesus, I'll be changed. She had to believe it, that he was a rewarder of, it, of, her, of those that diligently sought him. That he was not a God that was going to leave her in the same way that she came. My God will not leave you in the same way that you came. If you come to this altar, you don't have to leave the same way. If you bow your head, you don't have to leave the same way. If you begin to call on the name of Jesus, you don't have to leave the same way. But when I call on the name, something happens happens when I call your name. Something moves when I call your name. Something breaks when I call your name. Does anybody know his name today? He who has ears. God still has glory above the clouds. God still has power above the clouds I just don't see it I don't sense it that's why I think the Bible said he said I'm doing behold I'll do a new thing he said will you not perceive it because I'm so shut out and I got a hard heart and I've got bitterness and I got anger and I got frustration and I got a problem with authority and I got a problem with this and I don't trust nobody. You know what? Man may fail you but God's never failed you. I'm going to say that again. God has never failed you. You've got to. I'm going to tell you. Brother Hopper's here. I'd say it just like this too. We've got to learn a distinction between knowing God and just having a relationship with church. When you just have a relationship with church, yes, it's going to hurt when somebody fails you. When a family member leaves or walks out or does something or talks about you, that's going to hurt. But it does not shake your foundation in Christ. Because you know that's not Christ. That was not Jesus. But if all I have is a relationship with going to church on Sunday morning and somebody does that, all of a sudden I'm leaving It's one thing to leave a church. It's another thing to leave God. Where are you going to go? That's what he said. He said, he looked at his disciples. He said, will you go also? And they said, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Where would we go? I'm telling you today, 10,000 may fail you. 5,000 may talk about you, but you got to learn to stay planted in the house of God and say, my God shall supply all of my needs. That's emotional, that's physical, that's spiritual. All of my needs. God is greater and better than any person that's ever done you wrong. Am I preaching all right this morning? I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm trying to speak what's honest on my heart, that we've got to know that God is better. I've seen people do some crazy stuff, and I've looked and said, I know God. I know the Lord. That can't shake or move me because I know the Lord doesn't operate like that. They got off in flesh and human ways. 
but God is my God. And that's why when the altar's open, we ought to be on the altar. That's why when he said, lift your hands, I want to lift my hands. That's why when I shout in the house of God and I praise like I do and I walk like I do, it's because I'm hungry to get above the clouds, to get above the darkness, to get above the depression, to get above my fear, my unbelief, to get above that and say, God, I want the glory to come down. I want the presence of God to flow in his place. Let us stand all across this house. If you would lift your hands. I want your glory, Lord. I want the presence of God in my life. I'm moving past the gray clouds because I don't have to live in defeat. I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live in this anxiety and depression. I don't have to live here anymore. This, this is not my home. This, this problem, pick, pick up your mat and walk. Today the Lord can heal you. Today the Lord can set you free of that addiction that set you free from that bondage and to never be the same. I pray, God, that something would break in our hearts and our minds today as saying, God, whatever's been hanging above my head, I'm feeling like I just can't get into the presence of God and I can't get into it to first know that there is therefore now no condemnation of them that are in Christ Jesus, that I don't have to walk in the fear and the guilt and the shame. I place my, my, my problems, my sickness, my failures in the presence of God. I place them at your hand, oh Lord. I place them at your feet and say, God, whatever you got to do, change me, mold me, shape me, make me what I ought to be. Anybody feel what I'm feeling this morning? In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. Lift your voice in this house and begin to call on the Lord just for a moment. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, break down every wall. Break down every stronghold. Break down every fear and every anxiety. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. every wall that's in my life. Break down every wall that's in my life. Take out everything that is not right. Take out every doubt and unbelief. 
God, take out every hurt. God, things that I've been carrying for years that hinders me from entering into your presence. I release it and place it into your hands, Lord. I don't hold on to it anymore. I place it in your hands, God. This will not hold me anymore from this day forward. I release it. I release it in the name of Jesus. As she begins to sing, I want to open these altars for everyone. This isn't a place just for sinners or backsliders. No, this is a place for those who are hungry to get closer to God. Hungry to feel His presence. I open these altars as a sign of saying, God, I want to get close to You. God, I want to call on You. God, I want to seek You. Something has to break. 